0: today's episode, we have part two of my conversation with artist Nexus J. Together, we talk about existential dread, aligning our futures with our values, demisexuality, solo sex, and how diversity impacts the lived experience of a society. Y'all, Nexus J and I are just on such a similar wavelength of our experience of this world. It's Lovely to have had this conversation with her and I hope y'all are just as delighted as I am And I also just want to say thank you to all the listeners that check in every week I see y'all on the ratings uh coming in and now that spotify has Ratings for podcasts super exciting Um, but yeah, I see y'all checking in every week and listening to the episodes and I just want to say thank you I really appreciate all all of the followers that this fun little project for me has gained um yeah feeling a little bashful also i will be taking off next week for the holidays i am gonna give myself a break and yeah so the next episode of this podcast will be coming at you fresh in 2022 so y'all tune in I have never set up boundaries either. I have a really hard time doing that. I have a really hard time saying that like my health is worthy. I'm such like a caretaker. So I'll just kind of like – bleed out and just be like, I'll show up in whatever way you can. I mean, even this relationship with someone who wants to be monogamous, me identifying as Polly and being like, well, maybe I could <laughs> let go of all of the things that resonate with me to show up here, right?
2: And in that dynamic,
0: even when I set the boundary a week and a half ago of saying, hey, this is no longer serving me. I need you to take a step out of my life. Yeah. We later had a conversation afterwards for like two hours because we're lesbians and like that's what you do for your closure <laughs> conversation. And she was expressing that she feels hurt by me, that I would shut her out, and if I really cared for her, I wouldn't just pick and choose when she's in my life. And that this is obviously how I'm taking this, and I also know that she might right. ever listen to this podcast, but right? And it's like <laughs> I and like that's how I interpret the situation of what she was saying. And so it's like, yeah, obviously. Then the next day, I felt horrible because I yep. was like, I care about this person so much, so. So much so, how could this person think that I don't care about them? Yeah. And then it makes you doubt yourself. It makes you doubt whether that boundary was healthy. It makes yep. you go through all these different cycles. Totally. It's just like, oh, it's just like – so I am i don't always have all the answers, but I'm with you in this space.
1: Love it. No, it's yeah. – I am getting what I would need from this. Ugh. And I appreciate the, the vulnerability and the share because I just – I so resonate with you. And if I may – yeah, okay. respond a yeah. little bit I mean because to the point of like them saying I hate that shit like ultimatums are my I hate that like when someone's like well if this then that yeah usually that's not a that's like huge red flag for a bad recipe for that moment like yeah it's never that simple and furthermore especially when it has to do with someone doing something because they feel they need to care for themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: I just feel relatively frustrated for you. And I feel like you have every right. If you did feel frustrated or upset by that moment to feel that way, because you did something based on again, what was best for you, but was ultimately best for you both because you said, this is a value that I cannot compromise. And it's also a value that you're saying you cannot compromise. on. So if I remember how math works. (laughs) This plus this equals this. Yes, pain. So when some – it falls to me in this whole universe of gaslighting where someone is like, no, that doesn't make sense. When it makes perfect sense that if two – if if values aren't aligned and they're incredibly important to the both of you – oftentimes it means you need to change the way your relationship looks. And yes, well, I guess I would I'm curious if there's more to be said about her claim of like picking. I didn't I hated this term of like picking and choosing when she's in your life. Like what did that mean?
0: I think it's because I when I said I asked her to take a step back, I was kind of saying like, I kind of need you out of my life, at least for this current period of time. Totally. And so I think that's why like, She was saying I was picking and choosing because when she was willing to engage in a romantic space, like I was all about it. And knowing that I am relationship anarchy, she's like, I'm changing my dynamics where I want to pull away. And now why are you shutting me out? Because I'm no longer fitting what you want. And it's like, this is where I get a little bit complicated because I'm like – Fuck, like I want you in my life. I don't know how to do that in a healthy way because there are hormonal things going on that makes this really hard where it's totally. like I feel like I need space from you in my life to reconnect and let these feelings die. And I'm yeah. equally curious, like like in your situation too, it sounds like maybe there was a complete stop in seeing each other. Totally. Exactly. So it's like, okay, how do we navigate these spaces? It's like sometimes I feel like you have to have a complete cutout, not because you don't love them. But because there needs space from these emotions and these relationships. And so it's like, yes, I am picking and choosing how she shows up in my life. But is that maybe what's best for us, you know?
1: Totally. I get it. That is really complicated. And I – especially, again, when you apply relationship anarchy. Yep. And it it circles back to when we were talking about it earlier, however, where you do have to marry the ideals of what you want Mm -hmm. with who you are and where you are right now. Because, you know, of course, ideally with any relationship that I was exploring a romantic dynamic, if they changed, I would ideally want to be able to adjust to that. But I'm also a human person to where if I know I'm not there, it makes the most sense to be honest about that as opposed to lying to myself and to you and trying to become a different version of myself to fit that thing, because that's only going to end up in resentment, projection, and a mm. host of other things that would, to me, rot your relationship from the inside out and honestly ruin the quality of connection that you built with each other. Right. And so I just hear you both. And I understand, again, there's validity to both of what you two of are course. experiencing, yeah. of course. But yeah, you, you had you're just so valid in making a choice to be like, I know myself enough to know that I cannot do this. And I love you enough to tell you the truth is what it really comes down to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for my situation, same thing. Like I really do hope one day it makes sense for us to circle back to each other. I don't know what that would look like or how that would happen right. because right. I don't know how that would happen but i I've built so much with this person and shared so much and of like course. yeah there's just so much time like we were best friends for like five or six years or something oh at that God. point yeah oh, it was wow crazy. <laughs> like the amounts of yeah just the amount of life lived with each other was huge um oh. so of course there's this part of me that I'm like well you know based on everything that we've experienced I would of course, hope us to circle back together. But I had to make a choice based on who we were right now. I also can't make choices based on who we were in the past. And I can't make choices based on the potential of who we can be in the future. I have to go based on who you're showing me to be right here. And maybe even less, I'll be less generalized and say, what you are showing me, because I don't I don't like pigeonholing, like, my friend isn't, just who she showed herself to be in that moment. Right. Like she's more than that, but you know, our relationship was showing up as it did. And I had to make a choice based on my relationship with myself, you know? And um, again, I don't have the answers. I just feel you heavy. And it, when you were talking about rupture and repair, that, that topic is so sensitive for me right now, specifically because of this where I'm like, I would hope to repair after this rupture, but I legitimately don't know what that would look like outside of me feeling like it would have to me. I'm in this place where it would have to be her to come to me and tell me that she would want this. But even as I say that, something in my soul is like, well, Jayla, isn't it at a certain point, like either of you could just decide that you want the relationship enough to be the first person to take a step yes yes so it, I don't <laughs> I guess it's just like I don't want to get caught up in maybe I just want to make sure I'm not getting caught up in ego where I'm mm. where it's this like winning thing of like where I didn't do anything wrong so she's got to be the one like I don't want that to be the case yet at the same time There's that conversation of like, well, this person, I felt disrespected by them. I did not feel understood. I didn't see the relational skills of conflict resolution being shown to me. So why would I go back to a circumstance like that? Isn't that disrespecting myself? Like, that's also very true. So I'm just like, I don't know what proportion (laughs) either of those things are playing. And it's something my really good friend tells me all the time is like, you don't have to figure that out right now that's also something I think about is like I tend to be the person to think something to death you know like maybe it was Toy Story yeah, yeah where like the, here. the magnifying glass scene where you mm. use the sun to like yeah, burn fry shit it. Oh and God. I'm just like that's kind of what, what I think what a metaphor brain, <laughs> sometimes I think that's what my brain does <laughs> And I'm, um, yeah, I'm just just so grateful for my friends, because another friend told me, you know, sometimes when you look at something so closely, you're just getting further and further away from really understanding it or knowing what to do about it. And um, so my friend was like, maybe it's just good to focus on what's in front of you, like focus on this move, like focus on meeting new people. And a lot of times the answers that you're seeking will come from that more so than like hashing over the situation over and over and over again and oh something else that same friend told me that hit me like a fucking brick was Oof. like I was constantly I'm like well what it like how do I know if I need to repair this relationship or like how much grace and um yeah. care does someone deserve or like how do I know how to do that or when a relationship deserves that and my friend was like why are you concerned about giving grace to someone who's not asking you for it and I was like I was just like, oh my, yeah, because this friend is not texting me to try to repair anything or like asking for anything. So why am I so concerned about repairing this relationship? And that's how I knew that at least some of this was coming from you know past situations and trauma. Because I'm trying to like, I'm trying to handle something deeper than even this specific relationship is touching on. Um, So. Again, don't know the answers quite yet, and that's okay, Course. you know?
0: Right, and I mean, my therapist always likes to say to me, because I'm in a very similar boat as you, where mm-hmm. I have, like, six magnifying glasses on all my <laughs> different situations at once, like, setting a whole fire <laughs> on my life, <laughs> and so um, she always says to me that we'll live into the answers. Ugh. So right, know. but I hate that. I know I hate it. I do. I hate, I it, hate it so it. much because I'm like, wait, what is it now? I need it now. Tell me right now. Um, and I think I yeah, I feel like I'm speaking to both of us when mm. I say this that We find the answers by connecting with ourselves, right? Like this is some of our first opportunities of learning how to set boundaries. And we did that because somewhere it wasn't like a big like red flag hit us. It was this sense of we need to stick up for ourselves somewhere and start doing things. And I think that's what it is, is that we're going to continue to live into the answers. And if you reach out or whatever, and you might do that and it might feel bad. And at that point, you're going to check back in with our gut and say, you know what? I know how to handle this situation. I can hold myself. I've done it before. I'm going to do it here. I didn't know that this is how it was going to play out. But now that we're here, I trust me to get me through this.
1: Facts. Totally. I love the look off into the distance (laughs) of like, right? I'm like, right? Like, this is what I'm saying to myself too. Like, right? Yeah, we're going to be fine. (laughs)
0: dude I've been listening to choke on it repeatedly because I've been like I'm a badass bitch like I can do this it's
1: true oh my god I love that that's so full circle oh man and that's so funny when it comes to like art like it's just so often at least for me I just get relatively disconnected from my own work and it's like I mean because I before I'd even recorded that song and, like, all of the songs in the Bad Girl Trilogy, which is, like, the three singles that come together, I had written those a year before I even performed them. Or, sorry, recorded them. And then I recorded them over the course of the year. So it was just, like, two years that I'm, like, I'm sick of these fucking songs. Oh, yeah. And it's it's, like, artistry is so weird in that way. Or, like, I should say interesting in that way where then someone who hasn't been hearing the song for two years comes and said, no, like I'm a bad bitch and it applies to my life. And I'm listening to it so much. I just crave moments like that. Cause it, re- it brings kind of like, <laughs> when it, I don't, this is my first metaphor. Like when you help, ha- like um, have someone smoke for the first time, or like you're the person smoking with them. It's kind of like, oh my God, I remember what that was like. <laughs> and that's kind of what it feels like when, for sure listeners come back to like respond to my songs and I'm like oh yeah it, that was a really great line or like oh my god yeah this song is really good so I just really appreciate moments of like mirroring <sighs> like that I I not only oh, appreciate god, yeah. it I absolutely need it as an artist because otherwise what uh what
0: <laughs> like genuinely on repeat for <sighs> my mental health recently like just to oh, be very clear <laughs>
1: I've been god, doing like that. that like good that's just the most giddy feeling i just it's such a treasure i so appreciate that and i'm happy to hear that for sure of course Mm. yeah i know
0: i'd go through similar times too because this is like my art form right of conversation and podcasting where i'm just like am I doing this? Does anyone care? Does this suck? Like, why is anyone tuning into this? And then someone comes back to me and is like, that conversation you had with that person was so meaningful and I learned so much. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And like those moments I think are so important for artists to reconnect because frequently our head can just like create this warped vision of what we've made.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I, as you bring it up, I kept thinking throughout our conversation, I would love to hear more about like, your journey to to getting to this podcast. I mean, I've been curious about podcasting for a while, but yeah, how did you stumble upon wanting to do this? Um the
0: true answer is I've always been a debater and a talker and I just love talking about ideas and concepts like that is just my forte I could devour ideas for days and that just excites me and so whenever I was with friends and stuff I would always be the person to be like well what does that mean and if this what does that mean and so I kind of got to the space I was like we should start a podcast with my friends and I really tried to pull in a couple of people to do it with me but no one really felt the same level of like confidence to just do that Mm. because everyone was like why what would I have to say and I'm like so much we all have so much to say so much um and so I kind of just like had this desire to do it for a while and I think as I was going through my own I was very Christian grew up um with a purity ring oh yeah same Okay. Okay. I hope you've talked to Glitter Money about this because they were also religious. I
1: did. I, I okay.
0: talked to them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. So I was super religious, purity ring, whole nine yards. Yeah. Did I condemned homosexuals and now I'm queer? Like the whole thing, right? So like yeah. going through that evolution of like queer identity and poly identity, and my mom and family are still Mormon, and like mm. having all this at the same time and wanting to pull people into these conversations to learn and to just like process through some of these ideas I was like wow I, I could have something meaningful to say yeah maybe yeah and um I'm also doing the psychology thing the doctorate so I was like oh, okay I, I guess I could have these skills question really? mark and yeah it was just like an idea and then um I was assaulted in college mm. and so this last April when I that person actually I found out had moved to the city and had reached out to me. It was a very triggering moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Where I was just, just reminded and activated of so many different things mm. and I felt so unsafe in the city and so unsafe in like just my world and everything yeah. that I had constructed here. Totally. That I kind of just started asking myself like, what are the things that I want to do that I've been telling myself I am mm. deeply incapable of? Mm. And one of those was to go camping by myself and the other thing was to start a podcast. And so I did both within a month. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. Like, who's stopping me?
1: Oh, my gosh. So like, true. Yeah. So wait, why, why the grounding question of wanting to do things you didn't feel capable of? Mm. I guess I'm curious, like, from your experience that kind of catapulted you towards this, like, w- what was the connection between that and wanting to interact with things you didn't feel capable of?
0: I'm sure it's power, right? And that moment of being triggered by someone who enacted, you know, however you want to talk about sexual assault and rape, right? A yeah. moment of not having power.
1: Yeah. Totally. And to
0: take that back in that moment of like, I, I remember going for a walk and crying and calling my mom and just like being, feeling so unsafe.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: Yeah, in that moment, like, what are the things that I feel like I can't do? I mean, and why, right? Like, why am I restricting myself Mm. when truly we're so powerful and so capable of all these things? That it was just enough push from the universe to say, "Fuck it, (laughs) just do it, just do it for like amount of time, see how you feel, and go for it." And like, I started it with post-it notes that I'm looking up here of like what I wanted it to be called, what it would be like, talk about, like all these different things, and. Now I'm here doing it and then yeah.
1: Wow, oh my gosh, congratulations! Yeah. Like that is thank you so cool. Uh, wow, wow, wow. Just good you. for you. Kat is also very happy. Yeah, <laughs> that is huge. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm just so proud of you. Like, not uh, easy to do. You. Just fuck yeah. Like, yeah. yes. Yes to that.
0: Yeah, it's been a wild mirror. I'm not going to lie. A wild mirror to your own anxieties Mm. and fears when you go to – because I edit it and do it all myself. So just to like listen back to your own conversations be like, am I meaningful enough to post this? Mm. Like are my thoughts – it's just been fascinating. I would think Um, so. So there's been a, a ton of lessons to learn by listening to yourself. And I, I don't listen back to old episodes. It's it's a lot to process through to like see yourself. And yeah. so it's been, um yeah, so fascinating. But at the same time, it's so beautiful. Like yep. I am so thankful to have this conversation with you. And it allows me to connect with so many people that I wouldn't have otherwise connected that mm-hmm. remind me of my value system. I mean, yeah. poly relationship, anarchy, all these sorts of things. To have this level of deep dialogue with you makes me not
1: feel alone. Right Oh my I mean, God. That's ugh. a blurb. That's a snippet if I ever heard one. <laughs> like that's mm. a good little chunk, and ugh. that's so true. Yeah, I won't even add on to it. It's just true, and I resonate. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Is there anything that before this conversation, you were just like, "Wow, I really want to hit on this today that maybe we didn't get to?"
1: Yeah. Um, nothing. Specific, well here's what I'll say like you yeah. just talked about solo camping which I also love to do yeah and I just think there's a lot of similarities between us which is so fun yes um but I guess like this conversation of the oppressive systems at hand mm-hmm. specifically as it comes to like capitalism and what like that how that influences our goals the structures of, like, financial stability, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Basically, (laughs) I've been thinking so much recently about, yeah, what I want for my future. And a lot of it has to do with just being able to – oh, like, self-sufficient living. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm so drawn to – Steps that would get me closer to not being dependent on the systems at hand, like whether that is—I think a lot of it has to do with like the the housing and rental market. Like I'm so disillusioned by that. Where I'm curious what it would look like to—I mean, I've thought about like tiny home living. I've thought about um, just a lot of different types of lifestyle, but it just makes me think about you know again over the past. I would say decade or so, a lot of the truths of these systems and how they impact what's actually possible for our futures has been so much more clarified to where you can't like you just can't ignore that. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, environmental catastrophes are in route and political unrest is going to continue. It's very likely that a revolution or um, a civil conflict will occur in the next couple decades with the way things look. And so when I think about that, I'm just like, well, what does that mean for me? Like, am I still, Mm -hmm. am I still going to be aiming for that director position at some company? Like that just, feels bizarre feels yes. like that wouldn't make sense for me to orient my goals that way but at the same time you know I still want to build towards some type of stability mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so i guess like this this conversation of yeah what does especially for us 20-somethings, like what does planning for our future even mean? Mm. And then again, we talked about this earlier, but sprinkle in our current reality and how that is changing our society in ways that we can't even predict quite yet. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like what the fuck are we doing? Um, It feels like we're in this, I don't know, maybe limbo is not the right word, but it does feel like we're in this in-between time where there was before COVID and after COVID, and again, after is not really accurate either, but it's this like undeniable split in time of like, yeah, just uh, before COVID, I was working at restaurants, applying for jobs, still in this same mindset of like, I'm just trying to build a future for myself Mm -hmm. and build financial security. But again, like, COVID made everyone reevaluate our value systems. And again, I'll say the truths of the shambles of this country were already present, but right. they just became so much more visible yep. and so much more discussed over mm-hmm. the past year or so. And um, yeah, so I moved to Portland to be closer to nature so this like loops back to the whole camping thing where yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I I did a lot of solo camping and hiking during COVID and it made me realize how much I craved being in community with nature same yeah and so I moved to Portland for that reason (laughs) and then as life does it made me it reminded me that again you can't like balance is so important where like, yes, I'm closer to nature and I've been like hiking like every week or something. And that's so filling. However, without community, yep. there's still something to be desired. Right. Yes. So I was in Chicago. I didn't have a car and I just didn't have like red up like access to nature. So I felt out of whack in that sense. But now I feel out of whack because I don't have loved ones and like a mm. network of support with direct access. So it just makes this big question of like, what, what do I want my future to look like? And what, what goals am I orienting that plan around? Because I know it's not going to be my job. Like, well, of course I need money. I know I'm not going to orient my future plans around my career. It's just not what I want to do. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts on, on, on these things, if you've ever thought about them, but what I'll what I'll end my, my moment in saying is like, more recently, I realized that I have a goal of being rooted somewhere, mm-hmm. which is interesting, because I didn't really th- think that that's what I wanted for a long time. I imagine myself being like this 60 year old, just traveling the world for like yeah. ever. But it it just more recently dawned upon me that maybe I do want to root myself. And you know, there is something really powerful. And um, there's a strength and a skill set to be said about staying still, and Mm -hmm. not all growth and stuff is about change and like moving around. So yeah, I want to be rooted somewhere. And that's, Mm. um, that's a big pillar and a big value that I've taken to like, when I think about what I want for myself going forward. Right. Yeah,
0: and it it would make sense why you're feeling a little bit insecure about that rudeness, given the world and the current state and so many things. I think. Uh, so many people are feeling that way and a lot of people are confronting that reality of, oh, should I even have kids knowing that climate change is probably going to destroy the world in the next couple of hundred years? Is that right. an ethical choice? Like right. so many things like that, that given our current state and the knowledge that we have of what our current state is, mm-hmm. is really hard to plan for the future when it's so inherently unpredictable. Right. Yes. And so I really resonate with you in that way. And when you're talking about nature, some of the things that came up for me is like what does it mean to be in nature? Mm. I and I might be just pushing this on myself because I'm in a concrete city where I'm just like nature is also humans. Nature is also design. When I look at a beautiful architecture piece and see the different intricacies of how they designed that, that is just as meaningful evidence of nature as it is to be in the mountains. And Maybe I'm going to slow down to this one tree that's in the middle of a concrete city because I think it's more so our frame of reference. When you're in a forest or whatever, it's hard to ignore nature's presence because you're Mm -hmm. surrounded by its abundance versus, Mm -hmm. wow, I'm going to slow down on this walk and just slow down and admire this one tree totally and this, is, this is it yeah and that's what i try to do being in chicago because i i grew up in california so i was so used to like hiking the ocean all this yeah. stuff to have sort of grounding so i do resonate with you so much so in needing that and not being able to find that but equally like what mindset what we were talking about early earlier the perspective what perspective do we need to shift yep. to be able to see that and you also talked about community. I mean, I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you're going to want and crave that, again, human beings, social creatures. And right now, you're building that with your dad, which is yeah. going to be a novel thing for you to integrate into your concept of self and totally. meaning of community. And ultimately, yeah, your roots with a modern age can be very different too, right? So I mean, true. Maybe that so means true. investing in relationships over the phone, investing in Zoom, because I still think that our relationships take effort, time and work. And so like you could have a grounding that is more nomadic in that sense if you wanted to. Sure. Um there was someone I saw on YouTube that I'm trying to get on the podcast who like she would live in a van during the winter years and stay at our friends' houses and like go across the country and I don't know what she did for money, but like in that sort of way like she is, you know, living nomadically but equally having roots by spending time with those relationships. So I'm sure there's a lot of different ways and I think you're talking about the problem is that we have an abundance of choice.
1: Mm, wow. Well, yeah. You could do this.
0: You can move I literally recorded with someone earlier who's in Costa Rica who was a um environmental engineer who quit her job six months ago and just moved. Wow. So like if that's what you want to do and you want to be in nature and build that you could go. Like at any point, nothing is restricting you from just doing whatever you want right now. So
1: true. So and
2: that's true. heavy
0: to yeah process that and realize that and confront that reality that yeah so when you say this I think what was coming to mind for me was values right you talked about values in relationship it's like you and these values might change over time but what values do you have for your future and how can you make those align with your Mm. actions and so yeah if rooting is one maybe that is picking a community where you want to kind of force yourself to spend time right Mm, yeah they're building that and Beyond that, I'd have to, like, hear, yeah, like, what are your values? What are you so looking true. for?
1: So true. Yeah, and, I mean, I don't even really know. I mean, like, I do, but I think condensing it into, like, a, a list is, is something else where, yeah, that that's you the tough that. part. <laughs> yeah, sure. You it's a do, good thought. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll thought. send you the
0: packet my therapist sent me because we were in the same boat, yeah, where she was – we were talking about values and trying to come back to that. I think I have – Right now, written compassion, surrender,
2: movement, mm.
0: and community are the ones I have right now. Love, um, and I think one of the important questions on that packet that I, I can't send to you. Please send it
1: to me. Please. Yeah, <laughs>
0: was um, what would you do if you had complete confidence? Wow, I know, and that question has been sitting with me where I was like, "Damn, like mm. what would I do?"
1: Wow. Wow. And who's
0: preventing us from having that confidence?
1: These are incredible questions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness. I can feel so deeply. Yeah, I can just sense that this is a great thing for me to reflect on because of how my body is reacting to it. Like, I'm so Mm. afraid. Like, the second you posed that question, I was like, oh, my God, that makes me so terrified. And I'm, I'm recognizing that oftentimes it's good to investigate things that make you feel that afraid.
0: Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And to confront
0: it head on.
1: Totally. Totally. But I mean, and, and to your point, you also said like perspective, which is huge. I think I was actually journaling about that earlier Yeah. where, you know, I'm here right now and I've made this huge decision for my life and this thing to try. And I I think I'd mentioned this earlier in the conversation where some days I'm just like, this was the worst Mm -hmm. choice, like all of that stuff. And I thought about it. I was like, well, Jayla, like if you had have stayed, you know, your perspective could have also easily taken you to, this was the worst decision that I made, like to stay. And it just reminded me that it's actually more about my perspective than it is the choice that I made at all. So I've just been thinking a lot about mindset
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And of
1: course, even that is a balance because you can't, (laughs) you can't like, for example, think your way into feeling like you're in community or how to, uh, that's even a balance in and of itself. My point being like, what I'm trying to focus on is there's a lot to be said about the power you have when it comes to your perspective. And um, I would say for my particular experience right now, what I'm trying to use my mindset on is. Well, what can I practice right now? I think that's something really great. Like the word practice, similar to mm-hmm. what I said about curiosity, the word yeah. practice has been coming out a lot. And I said, you know, I can practice resilience. That'll be, I'm going yeah. to, like no matter, I i just will. I can't avoid yeah, that right yeah. now. So I'm going to practice resilience. I'm going to practice rupture and repair in my own relationship with myself because yes. every day there's like a rupture these days and so just okay well how do i repair how do i circle back to being confident in myself again and all that stuff so i think turning my mind's eye less to i have to make meaning of this choice that i made or i have to um rationalize this decision i made and more so just turning it to like you're here now what do you want to do very simply put like what would you like to do what would you like to try what would you like Mm -hmm. to explore what would you like to practice and then just live it out and see what happens then again circling back to curiosity just see what happens and it doesn't have to live as this really really heavy expectation almost Mm -hmm. for me to live up to yeah I'm definitely meeting myself meeting a whole new version of myself in real time and it's really Mm -hmm. fucking weird yeah um but I think if I allow myself to, it can only really be a gift. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Have you done psychedelics?
1: Yeah, I love psychedelics. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: I, I'm in the similar state where I'm like continually meeting me in this new like sense. And I'm like, I think it's time for another trip to really press all of these layers into like me. And so I'm just hearing you. I'm
1: like, hey, maybe it's time. That's like, a great idea. I was like, I have a line. Definitely compress, heard. Uh, and integrate. <laughs> I've been because I've, I've been thinking about that ever since I moved um, and it'll come into my brain. I'm like, well, I have these psychedelics here. Like, when am I going to use them? I just kind of keep forgetting. But especially after this conversation, I think think it's in my midst.
0: Oh, for sure. Have you ever done them alone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have I've done you? Too.
1: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
0: it's my ma- it's magical. I had my first breath
1: orgasm by <gasps>
0: doing it alone. I know.
1: Whoa! Oh my gosh! I've only heard like little tendrils about oh my God. that type of breath work. That sounds awesome. It was amazing.
0: I was listening to a vinyl and like I felt like I could feel the beats touching me. Yeah, it was (laughs) something else. I don't yeah. know how people do breath orgasms like in the day to day. Maybe yeah. they have such a deeper connection than I possibly could. Mm-hmm. But in that moment of being able to really connect with my senses and yes. to hear the music and feel that, oh my god, it was wow. magical. Yeah, but like it definitely was very helpful for me to integrate to a lot of the lessons that I have been sitting with and mulling mm-hmm. over to have that time in that psychedelic space to kind of like compress all of it yeah. and almost to like bookend a chapter, right? Of like, yeah. Here's this experience, and I'm going to go into this next one, integrating these lessons.
1: Totally. Um, Love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I adore that for you. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I think it's important. Why not? We have such good things at our hands that like, sometimes I think are undervalued in this psychology totally. space. So totally. I think it's helpful They're... to have these bookends.
1: Totally, totally. totally. There's so yeah. many incredibly helpful tools that, yeah. you know, I'm hoping, eh, yeah, I just recognize their value. And I, exactly. I'm of the mindset and of the community that agrees with you. For sure. How yeah. helpful they can be. Yeah.
0: I probably could talk to you for hours. To I be know. Honest. I was just yeah. thinking
1: that. I was like, I don't want to cease and desist, but I feel like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. At some point I have to cut it, but I am curious. Sure. I, like, i just like talking um the demisexual thing I resonate yeah. with you in so many ways so being alone and being demisexual mm. how does that sit with you because I, I have been with struggling me. with that a little bit wait when
1: you say alone like what do you mean like not in partnership
0: yeah and mm. I live alone and like mm. I feel like my sense of desire I'm realizing is very responsive Where like if I don't have a stimulus going on like I don't have a sex drive mm right exactly that's why i'm very curious um of like what you have been experiencing with that where i've had yeah. had a hard time connecting back to my own sexuality without mm. like those responsive like stimulus going on oh, and wow. being that i'm demisexual too or at least identify similar in that way like mm-hmm. porn does not do that for me mm. because it is nowhere near like connecting on your emotional level so then i'm like
1: fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> just like oh my god <laughs> That is so real. That is so, 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 so real. And I, I don't, I definitely have understanding to gain still. So Mm. I'll start with that because I'm still in this space of like, similar, like very responsive right now, like masturbation exists as a response to maybe, uh, yeah, I, I still have to reflect on this, but like, either stress is like a huge
2: thing or
1: boredom. And again, Mm -hmm. like, I think even if you're not, um, on the asexual or demi spectrum, like you could experience that too. Like you're bored, you, you masturbate, whatever. But I think my thing is like, I cannot, or I should say have yet to be able to masturbate without thinking of people I've already had intimate,
2: relationships yeah. with
1: yeah and that really sucks because most of those people I don't want to be thinking about mm-hmm. um but I just I, it's like it I don't feel any sensual or sexual yeah. arousal without those factors being at play yep. and I'll yep. also say like a lot of time masturbation comes in an unhealthy way when I'm trying to like when I'm a space in a space of like processing um an old relationship or something like that yeah. yeah, yeah. And I really don't like that. That's the case either. But all to say it is very tied to people and connections that I find are very intimate. Yeah. And so I'm still working on learning. And I think, for example, I almost teared up like when you were telling me about yeah. the breath orgasm that you had, because I was like, wow. Mm. I think it just hit to this space of like, I've all I've thought a lot about deepening my relationship with myself, like in the mm-hmm. the solo poly lens. I would say, you know, like what does solo sex mean for yeah. me, and like making it a practice to explore those things and yeah. really try to build up a skill of maybe I don't know if skill seems a little off to me, but building up an exploration of solo pleasure. things that exist outside of my relationship to other people Mm -hmm. yep because there was this oh well there was this time that I intentionally tried to practice that it was maybe like a few months ago where I was masturbating and I was like truly thinking of having sex with myself
2: and I've never
1: I haven't done it since I don't really remember why I haven't but (laughs) I remember a really powerful feeling at that moment and like a true feeling of desiring for myself. And that was really beautiful and lovely. Cause it was like, you know, I would be like touching myself and doing all these things. And then I would like zoom out and like try to picture mm, what I look yeah, like. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's hot. Like I love for that. Sure. So that's really good. And I think a practice of that could be really helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yet at the same time, I also recognize that for me, as I understand my sexuality, sex just does not play a big role for me. And I actually Mm -hmm. don't care for it too. And that could be different. You could still be demisexual and want sex to play a big role. That's fine. But like for me, I don't have any inclination to make sex a bigger part of my Mm -hmm. life, whether that's solo sex or partnered. So that takes a lot of pressure off for me because I just don't have an interest in like making that a big priority for me. I think what I'm learning more and more is like sex to me, like I would say the reason I'd want to strengthen my relationship with myself sexually has to do with ensuring that sex never functions as something unhealthy for me, Mm -hmm. ideally, Mm -hmm. but it's not because I crave sexual fulfillment. It's more like a function towards healthy navigation of my own life. But I think for me, again, I'd have to test this, but my theory is for me, sex will function as like a way to be in community with other people more Mm. and like a Mm -hmm. way to increase intimacy with someone that I want to do that with. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it just yeah, it doesn't really exist as its own thing that I need to like care about that much. I just, I want to feel safe enough with someone to feel that way with them. I want it's it is really fun because it's like, I just have a very sociological brain. Like the reason I we can have this conversation is because I'm similarly like could talk about ideas forever.
2: Right. Um,
1: and so, wait, there was a point to that. Why did I say that? <laughs> Why did I say that? I said that because sex is like interesting to me, like kinks mm-hmm. and like ways to experience pleasure and all yeah. that stuff. It's like very fascinating to me. Yep. So it's also for that reason that I want to do sex because it's like interesting um, yeah. So I want to be in community with people and in relationship with people where I can safely explore that stuff and have really fulfilling sexual experiences. And if it makes sense for that relationship, deeper, deepen the partnership with that person. Mm. Um, so I love and I'm curious for and appreciate sex for all those reasons for me. But it is not like a huge value of mine.
2: Mm. And I
1: don't not only do I not care to make it that one, I actually prefer that it's not because it just, to me, for me, I think it would serve more as a distraction and more of like a, it would just be another thing to unpack and like navigate. And I think I'm just, I won't say objectively, it's better or worse, because that wouldn't be accurate. I'm just saying for me, I appreciate that I don't care about it that much about right. it that much because it frees my my life up to like focus on a lot of other Certainly. things. Yeah, that's what I. Would I say. love that.
0: Yeah, that ownership that you have of that is beautiful. I think sometimes I might be getting into the boat where I'm like, oh, I haven't masturbated in a week or whatever mm-hmm. amount of time, be like, oh, is something wrong with mm-hmm. me. And I think I love that ownership piece that you're having where it's like, this is not a value of mine, and that's
1: okay. Totally. Yeah, totally. It was it was really wild to first cons I just, yeah, this is like, I'm I don't know, I'm just thinking like I could feel the tears because it's just such mm. a powerful thing where I didn't know. Like this, I only came across well, like I knew what asexual was, but I, I could send it to you if you want. But I came across this YouTube video that it's called Spectrum. I don't know if you've seen mm. this series, but I think you would really like it. So I'll send it to you regardless. But they bring people together who share a similar identity. And they say, like, do all blank people think the same? So good. And this one was, do all asexual people think the same? And they asked all these prompting questions. And it made me realize that I was way closer to that community than I ever thought. But the thing was, before that moment, I thought something was wrong with me. I Mm. thought that my lack of sexual desire meant that I was traumatized or like something like that. And maybe, I mean, I I have my my own sexual traumas.
0: As you were speaking. I was like,
1: maybe it's because I'm traumatized. Yeah. I was like, maybe I'm traumatized. I'm like, sure. Maybe that's a factor. Yeah. But I've always kind of felt relatively this way. And I was like, oh, maybe it was because I was a Christian and like, I just didn't like all that stuff. Right. And I'm just like, Or maybe, (laughs) or maybe maybe I'm fine. Yes. And it's okay to feel this way. And it just never occurred to me that that was the case. I was just surrounded by your stereotypical narrative of, you know, young people. All Uh, my friends wanted to fuck somebody or was fucking somebody or whatever. And I just oftentimes felt so uncomfortable because I did not share that desire. It was so emotional when I watched that video mm. because I was like, well, maybe, like, nothing's wrong with me. Yeah. And it's it's just fine to feel the way that I feel. And I could already sense that this recognition would do wonders for my relationships because I just would tend to be maybe, like, pseudo-disassociated mm. in moments where people would talk about sex or their sexual lives because yeah. – I couldn't help but, like, it was too much mirroring. Like, I was just, Mm. like, anytime someone would bring that up, I would be, like, you know, just, like, okay, (sighs) uh, am I just constantly, like, reflecting on my own sexual identity? And now that I I just feel a lot more grounded in, like, Mm. these values, I can receive, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, I can receive someone who is different from me and not feel threatened by that. And that's a wonderful feeling. (sighs) um because sex is not a bad thing and it's totally normal whatever like for someone to want to have sex a lot and that can be totally authentic to them it just wasn't to me and I think the disconnect was that there weren't narratives to show me that that was okay so I I hear you it's not not easy and for me incredibly emotional um but it's a – yes. What what a liberating feeling, I would say.
0: Yeah, certainly to find yourself and to find community in that, I'm sure, by watching those videos and seeing that it's that moment of, no, like, recognizing that you're not alone in this.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, which,
0: which is so incredibly powerful. And, yeah, I mean, how many narratives do we have about asexual people in the media
1: and other things? We don't. We don't because I mean sex is such a crux like a touchstone of our society so yes there what what yeah I'm not even gonna get into it I'm just like there there are no films without Mm -hmm. like some element of that
0: yeah and I'm do you ever wonder then if you lean asexual how your platonic relationships like what their meaning is like with your this friend Ooh. that you had of like
1: ah what's
0: the difference then between
1: I think about that a lot yeah uh. I mean I guess my immediate response is like the way I understand my relationships platonic is its own thing but I don't even for for me I haven't understood um, Sexual and romantic partners as like, like it, how do I explain this? I just didn't define them on the basis of sex because, yeah. Also, I have only had a handful of partners over the course of my life and I've never had a consistent sexual partner. So for me, it just didn't really make sense to like differentiate it that way. Yeah. It always had to do with like if I felt romantically towards that person or not. Mm. So, I just feel like, just quick tangent. As I'm talking right now, it reminds yeah. me of that meme from what was it like Parks and Recreation? I think where that guy is like connecting all the red oh, all the dots, and he looks yeah, like that's frantic what I feel, like, right now. <laughs> just like, ah. but anyway, I'll just yeah. say like I wanna. I don't think my my platonic relationships have been the focus of like this distinction. If anything, mm-hmm. it's my romantic relationships that are under the microscope a lot more. Okay. So, or actually, here, let me just take a step back. If you can repeat the question one more time, I would Oof. love that. Ooh, I know that's tough. T-
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just like, because I'm, I'm kind of pushing back on myself immediately of like romantic. What, what does it mean to be a romantic relationship versus a platonic relationship for True. you?
1: Is that the question we're going on?
0: That's probably it because I think I'm asking because for me, I've had relationships where I've deeply connected with someone who's platonic mm-hmm. and it's like distinguishing that between partnership and other things I think can be really hard of understanding. Like, what do I actually feel towards this person? Is it a romantic love when sex is not on the table for a
1: Got that, like, you. It's just Got like, it. oh, totally. What is okay, this? Okay, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Short answer, I have no idea. Okay, cool. (laughs) Cool, got it. Short answer, I have no idea, and I'm still figuring that out, and that's a subject of conversation I was having a lot um, with friends. Yeah, yeah, just a lot. I don't know. I know there's something because it feels different, (laughs) but I don't know what it is. And the jury's going to stay out because I will also say, up until this point, I still not have had – A romantic connection that I don't want to say was healthy, but they were mostly not healthy, or like not aligned or not authentic in some way. So I also think that complicates me being able to answer the question, because a lot of my desire for these people came from playing out old traumas, or being yeah, like being really attracted to people who didn't give a fuck about me like that yeah that 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 really complicated things so I think yeah maybe my most honest answer is I don't know yet because I haven't been able to get enough life experience and enough things to really compare but I would say like huh yeah I don't know this is so fascinating I'm just like really thinking Yay, so sure. hard because there is an attraction like <sighs> oh you really got me thinking i know oh, i'm pushing no. back
0: on myself right now saying that like why are we trying to define any of it right so like true. what you right. like, what the fuck are we trying to do here <laughs> like this is relationship this? anarchy at its finest right it's like there are no labels like this this doesn't make any
1: sense through <laughs> each each relationship <sighs> exists in its own like complicated yeah. layer of things because yeah. i'm just like i don't know and it, it yeah like at what point does the label even really matter wow that's the thing it doesn't it matter like what really matters is the collection of agreements that you make together of what you're going to do and not do what you expect and don't expect what the boundaries are and that does not come together to form a label like at all
0: No. Ah. this is why i'm studying this for my dissertation i'm like why the like where the fuck are the answers to this like i need answers how do we do this that's why you're studying
1: this this. you just want Thank
0: <laughs> it's the only thing I give enough fucks about to study for like five years, right? I so love like... that.
1: I honestly love that so much. Well keep me posted. I'll read your Dude, dissertation yeah. paper. I'm waiting because I wanna know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: thinking I'm gonna try and like interview some people who really live it out and do like more of a qualitative study of asking them these sorts of questions once I get that sort of basis and then maybe I'll write a book one day. It's on my like list of bucket list things to do. Totally. So I would I would love to have this. Like, how do you actually live out the values of relationship anarchy, Mm -hmm. be it monogamously or non monogamously? And like, what can we learn from that within our current culture? I think so much that would free us probably from just like what we came to right now is that there are no answers to what these things are. It's about exactly what you were saying the Mm -hmm. choices of how you choose to show up for each other and what you expect, and boundaries, and all these sorts of things.
1: Damn. I'm just like, all I'm thinking about is the list of Bumble matches that I have. And I'm just like, oh, what am I going to <laughs> do? Well, it's so hard when you
0: don't find people who connect with the same ideas. It's really hard. Like po- being poly, relationship, anarchy, all these different things. These are like minority cultures that it gets harder and harder to find people that you connect with.
1: And you, and that's the funny thing. I didn't know this before I came, but it's actually not the minority here. It's the majority. Like everybody's queer everybody's poly and everyone's doing relationship anarchy What? and that was like s- really weird like to just stumble into because saying yeah. like when i was in chicago it, like there were totally people practicing it but it yeah, just yeah, wasn't yeah. like the thing it is like very rare that i'm finding someone that isn't poly here Fascinating. Fascinating. (laughs) Maybe I need to move in my (laughs) future. Like anyone that's like in that vibe that I tell that to, they're like, so I'm moving to Portland. And I'm like, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What? It it does make dating really wonderful because I don't have to do all of this, like, no, I'm not insecure with like I'm not, like, it's not all it's I don't have to do all of that like like process of elimination type of stuff. Like we're already you already understand that I'm a fully capable person. I'm not projecting something weird. Like right. I don't have to deal with all that internalized stuff. And it's just really lovely because yeah, I don't know. I could just gush about it all the time. It's just <laughs> very cool to be in a dating network yeah. where this is relatively the norm. Cause then I feel like, yeah, this is great. Cause I can really practice and explore this to the fullest extent. So that's pretty cool. I will say, Plus for Damn. that, for Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: I need to move <laughs> Yeah, once I get finished up because that would be really nice. It would be
1: really nice. It and it, really it's, nice it's, 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 you know, there's clearly more to a place than just that, obviously. So at the same time, when people get really excited about it, I'm like, yeah, but also, um, you know, it's different per identity. But me as like a black person, it's majority white here, Wow, which is one thing. But what I'm coming to see is like how that impacts just the culture at large yeah, um, of course. I think there's this new appreciation for like when you when you have such a diverse population over the course of time I feel like you can feel how that impacts industries and mm-hmm. um, the mm-hmm. arts environment and all that stuff um, and I think you can I can't put my finger all, on it all the way but it's just this thought I've been playing with where Maybe the word is intelligible, which means like there aren't words Mm -hmm. for it, but there's something to be said about the feeling here is just so white and I can't explain it. Like, of course, there's people that are white everywhere, but Mm. there's something else to it that I can't exactly explain. And this person that I actually had matched with on Bumble, she's a psychologist who works with people, not a psychologist, therapist, that works with people on their whiteness Um, Which is so cool. Didn't even know that was like a thing, but very cool. She said she learned about this term called white habitus, which is where when white people live just around other white people for a huge amount of time, it changes like physiologically their brain and like the way they think about the world and the way they think about themselves and Mm. other communities is very bizarre. Um, we didn't get too much too deep into it, but like basically she was like, I get why you feel that way because yeah. it's a real thing. Like white people do feel, think, and move very differently here because I think the ratio is maybe, it's like, I don't know, 85% or something wow. white in Oregon. So all to say like you immediately were like, maybe I moved to Portland. And I was like, yeah, but like just you would, there's like, it's just um, there's so many reasons beyond the racial mm disproportion but like the art scene is nothing compared to chicago and it's like would i it's one of those questions you know that we all have to go towards and like would i give up that for a dating pool that's more aligned with me like who fucking knows i did i clearly just did that and i don't i don't know how it's gonna play out but um it just makes me think again about the balance and like the Mm. The complex network of all the things we're talking about, which includes where you live, because nowhere is ever going to be perfect. There's always going to be areas that will take more work to feel like you can find a home there. So the poly thing is just one one part. peace for sure. Of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It
0: sounds like I, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that space and be dealing with that presence of whiteness because that is a perspective that is so closed-minded from just different experiences of life in the
1: world. Totally. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm sure it's just me processing it, but I mean, right now I just laugh because thankfully the experiences of racism that I've encountered are mostly I can't believe I said, thankfully, did I just say thankfully? Whoa. Okay, we're gonna (laughs) back that up. Not thankfully. I will just acknowledge that it's a less overtly violent form of racism. And it's a form that I'm familiar with. And as a part of the black community, it's totally fine to process that with humor. But it has been funny when I've come across white people it's usually older because I work mm. in child care so some of okay, the parents yeah. that I've communicated with yeah it's this um virtue signaling that happens in Ooh. such a way that I've it's so um clearly that and it's been mm. a long time since I've encountered virtue signaling with like no nuance whatsoever they basically I told a parent that I was from Chicago And she was like, oh, yeah, like, I spent some time out in Schaumburg, so I know the area, which already we're like, no, that's not the same. But then she turned to her husband. She's like, yeah, I just told Jala that I spent some time. She's like, yeah, I have some street cred. And I was like, oh, man. Like, wow, 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 wow. And this is, like, just stuff that's unprovoked. And, like, I think an even better story is there was this father – This white man and his wife is an Asian woman. And I was talking to them about why I moved to Portland and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, my God, it's really funny. Because he was like, yeah, you should be scared. It was bad. He was like, yeah, but Portland isn't really what people think it is. And he was like, because, you know, the white people like legitimately whispered the term white people. And he's like, because white people are like, not as good as they seem or whatever. And anytime he said white people, he would whisper it to me. Mm. And I was like, one, why are you whispering it Two, I didn't ask about this. And it just seems like white people want to prove this is like a particular demographic of white people that they are so proud of their liberal identity that they constantly want to get my approval as a black person not like oh no Mm. you're like a good white person and i think that really aligns with the vibe of portland because of what i've heard the way they the way people have described it is like you get the type of white people here that will kick people like minority communities out of their neighborhoods to put up black Lives matter signs yeah that's that's the the trend. And I'm like, God, I oh. got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, so it's a really bizarre, how do I, this might be, this is probably not the best way to phrase this, but it just seems like a very infant form of racism. Mm-hmm. Like I've just yeah. come across forms of whiteness in Chicago that are just a lot more nuanced and like a lot more complicated, but here it's just like, no, I'm white. I'm not very self-aware and, here I am. And I'm just like, wow, that's pretty wild. And I'm thankful. I am thankful that I haven't come across the more like violent, overt forms of racism here. Mm -hmm. But I will say I'm aware that how do I say this? Like, if the whiteness I've come across in, in a more industrialized, liberal environment looks like this, I can't even imagine what racism looks like elsewhere. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that yes. that's why I'm just like, oh God. So all to say, I am, I am constantly processing that. And I think I've thought about it a lot where I'm like, I don't believe I would root here. I just mm-hmm. couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine it. And maybe I'll be wrong. Like I do have an intention to seek out communities of color. Like there definitely are, black collectives. And there's a lot of incredible indigenous work Mm -hmm. going on. Um, So I'm holding out to see like, what does it look like to connect with other uh, minority groups in this environment? And maybe that could change my feelings about it. However, as it stands, I'm like, I could see myself holding out for maybe a year, but I wouldn't think that I would stay here longer than that. And Again, it just circles back to like this experience is teaching me so much about myself because I don't think I really appreciated or like even saw what diversity does to a living experience. Like I just Certainly. you don't know what you've all like you, I've always experienced it, so I had no idea. And now I'm like, oh, 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 oh my god. <laughs> like there's so much that's different, and so much like there's just so much that is different. Wow. And yes. you make me think actually, I actually should take a note of this. Like it's just something that I want to keep reflecting on. And like, even outside of my own experience right now, I just think it's fascinating to think about right. how diversity impacts positively um, yes. the lived experience of a society. And I'm just yep. curious, you know, we it's pretty easy to say, well, it's just different experiences, different people. But I'm like, but why? But like, why mm. does that happen? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would. No, go for it. Go for it. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I would imagine that it happens because it widens your perspective, Mm, right? We live in these kind of like horse blinders of like, this is my experience. This is how I see the world. And I think that frequently we can read about other narratives of different Mm. lives and what people go through, but it's so different to have that community where you're actually close to someone who has maybe experienced these other forms of oppression. Mm -hmm. And to see that i think changes you so i think that the chicago somewhere like this where like you have a lot of integration of different lived experiences will just expand your perspective Facts. in general compared to maybe portland where it's like 80% white right mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it sounds
0: like those people in that moment of coming to you and all those things that they were saying they're still othering you yes as the minority leader that they can go to and vent you know, and try to get approval from, and that yeah. is racism. That is a form of othering. Facts. So yes, totally, exactly. And so it's like I, yeah, I think yeah. that it's like there's no <laughs> answers to those sorts of things. If you move back to Chicago, I will buy you a drink. Thank like <laughs>
2: that's all I know. So.
1: <laughs> Thank I'm you back, so much. But... I so appreciate that. Um, no, but you're so right. Because then when you think about how diversity changes us individually, when we experience it, then we move through that space differently, thus impacting the vibe overall of, like, that space, and so I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense, and then, you know, and then industries and infrastructures change to mirror the communities that are present, all that good stuff, so, yeah, that totally makes sense, totally, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I did learn in sociology that one time, so, (laughs)
0: Now I'm living it. Now
1: I'm living it. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, like, I have met really cool people, um, and and I didn't know this, but Portland also has a huge anarchy scene, like an anarchist community, and I'm like, I didn't know that. So it's like, yeah, a lot of people are white, but they're also this sect of like white people that are like, fuck this, you know, and you know. So I'm just very curious to see what's Mm. up here
0: yeah mm-hmm. and part of this show is that you get to pick who I talk to next <gasps>
1: <Me>? yeah
0: yes <laughs> you you get to pick a direction and a line and I will flow through that line as long as I can so yeah you get to pick you don't have to tell me who just in your head who you think deserves this space and I do the same sort of thing where like we can talk about whatever they want to talk about so I try not to control it too much so it is totally up to you
1: Okay, I don't know right now, but like That's I could, I could let you know eventually type of thing. Yeah, huh. yep. for sure, for sure. So just just a person. I'm like blown yep. for a some person. reason. a person. Right, it could cool. be
0: cool. it could be someone who's literally doing anything that you think should have this space to talk about these ideas. Mm. It doesn't have to be someone famous. It could be whatever you want to do that mm-hmm. really thinks that you think deserves to have this platform to talk.
1: Okay. Gotcha. All right. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I love
0: that. Yeah. Cool.
1: It's,
0: yeah, it's it's fun because then I get to talk to a lot of like people I would have never expected chatting with and learn. So you teach me as well. By whoever you pick, I'll learn from them. Mm. And hopefully whoever listens to the podcast learns from these conversations as totally. we all are continually to expand
1: totally. that
0: perspective.
1: Cool. I yeah. will definitely hit you up about some some options for you for sure. Awesome. Um or
0: one of the things I do have to ask you is like the closing question that I ask everybody. Sure, sure, sure. What is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? It almost wow. feels stupid to ask you this question because we've just <laughs> spent a significant <laughs> amount of time talking about things yeah. that we wish other people knew, but it's like I ask everybody mm. to close, so I'm like, I need to
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do keep it, it keep it consistent. We love that. So the question is, what do I wish people knew? was more normal wow hmm yeah this is funny because i'm just thinking about <laughs> everything we've already <laughs> talked about i know i know yeah 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 um i think people are different versions of themselves more often than we think about and more often than we recognize and again i guess this is i think this was one of the first things we talked about like the whole who am i thing i think we get so like mind fucked when we think about who we were in the past and how we show up with different people in our lives to the point, And I'm speaking from my own experience to the point where I felt so much shame and like judgment and like completely ungrounded and destabilized when I would recognize the different ways that I like showed up. And maybe even more specifically, sometimes I would catch myself, noticing how other people showed up differently in different spaces and judging them and saying like, oh, like you're fake, right? Or like this or that, because they didn't show up similarly in other situations. And I think, yeah, I'm probably mostly talking to myself right now, where I think we've got to more normalize the different phases and layers of ourselves and honor the different parts we feel comfortable showing at different times. And that's not only totally valid, but necessary. Because, like, who would I be showing the same level of vulnerability and, like, sharing the same parts of myself, you know, compared, like, comparing my sister to, like, a perfect stranger? Like, that wouldn't make any sense. And even this might not be – I don't know if this is related or not, but, like, maybe a second answer is, like, I – Think I might just go a little anarchy with this answer because I'm like, I also just really have grown a distaste for the term normal. And so I think I would also love us as people to make more acceptable doing away with this concept of normal because I just find it's really restrictive and it's most of the time just really inaccurate. Um, and it just sets you, sets us up for constantly having to justify something where when you just do away with the whole goalpost of normalcy, you just open yourself up to it's Yeah. It reminds me of the relationship anarchy. Like you don't really need to define the thing as normal for it to be valid, for it to be, something that doesn't need to be changed. Like those are the, yeah. Oh gosh, it just reminds me so much of this relationship anarchy conversation because it doesn't really matter if you call it normal. What are the implications of that? And what we imply when we say something is normal is that it deserves respect, that it deserves space and love and care, that it deserves to not be judged and critiqued. And I feel like it doesn't have to be normal because even if there's 1% or one person that experiences that thing. One, that makes it not normal, but does that mean that thing doesn't deserve the respect, care, and space? I don't think so, you know. So I will I would say I would hope to see that more space be held for what we imply by the term normal. And I think it has a lot to do with how we treat each other and how we have conversation with each other when we share who we are and what we need and what we want from the world. And I just think a lot more space could be given to conversations and questions. We go back to questions where I think that's also a related factor to the concept of normalcy because a lot of questions come with that. But I just think people would do well to just ask each other questions and until you understand that person like that, that person doesn't have to feel normal to you. I think we just crave to understand each other. And so so that I think it's those things. What I don't even remember the first thing I said but <laughs> those.
0: No, I am totally, totally tracking with you. It sounded like the first thing that you brought up was the importance of recognizing the fluidity of our presentation of self, right? Yes. You were saying that you may have judged other people for how they showed up in a space as being inauthentic or fake for maybe showing up in a way that didn't really reflect how you would show up, but to recognize that w- there are different capacities of showing up in different spaces and different expectations yeah. of vulnerability and we are not fake to maybe hold back some aspects in some environments that's very normal to some degree and you also were pushing back in an anarchist way against the concept of normal and I love that so much so I think that it is so important to look past beyond what we consider normal and that yes. just for showing up as yeah. you are as a human that in and of itself is infinitely worthy of yeah. the respect and the validity of something being considered Normal Or whatever that means. I think that part of the anarchy piece of this is recognizing that labels are never truly gonna be able to capture what it is to be a human and what it is to be, you know, our identity and all these other things that we've talked about. So I think... Yeah, recognizing yes, yes, yes. the fluidity of all of this is so, so deeply important.
1: <laughs> Very well surmised. Love that. Yeah,
0: it was such a pleasure <laughs> to have you on the podcast. This was it is going to be a long episode, but I am so about it. It has been so lovely, and I really just appreciate you coming on here so much. It was so great to connect with you and to heal in this conversation I with this you. This is
1: incredibly healing and just like so rejuvenating and...
0: If you enjoyed today's conversation, then subscribe for new episodes released every Wednesday and follow us on Instagram at Modern Anarchy Podcast, where we open up a dialogue about all of these topics. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. And a special thanks to one of my favorite artists, Yor Smith, for the intro and outro song to this show.